0: Incredible person, forget all the titles. Person, amazing. She is an amazing preacher, amazing public speaker. She's a project coordinator delivering RSC. Um, she's a Liverpool fan, which is amazing. That's why I'm wearing the Liverpool top. Don't know, champions, you get a really little badge on the thing. You know? uh, hey, hey, hey. And also, she's newly married. Bling, you get me? Um, it is the amazing, it is the incredible, it is the down to earth, into her Bible, just mm. superb woman. That is Esther Leibert.
1: Buncy Liebert. Bunsi Cheers! How you doing? I'm very well, how are you doing? I'm alright still. Yeah? I'm okay. Yeah? I'm living. How you feeling about the season though?
0: Boy, that 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 villa, really, that villa really game. That was a bit emotional. Let's talk about it. <laughs> but I'm feeling confident. I feel I'm feeling confident. I think we're gonna do we're gonna do some amazing stuff this Come season. Come on, man! Like, yeah, caps. man! Oh, definitely. Tiago. I can't wait for everyone to see what Tiago is gonna to bring to. It. But let's not get into that. We're talking about Esther today. So, for those who don't know who Esther is, who is Esther Bonsu-Lybert?
1: Okay, so Esther Bonsu-Lybert is a woman. <laughs> 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 I know people are going to be like, can you not play gender politics? I'm not, I'm just stating the facts. So yeah, I'm a woman, Yeah. Um, I'm loud, I'm creative. Yeah. I'm very ambitious, I'm driven. Yeah. Um, I like talking a lot, so I became a preacher for some reason. Um, I'm a social activist, I believe in justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm now a wife. <laughs> yeah, that's me.
0: <laughs> so what is your... Funniest church,
1: story. Hmm. When I was thinking about this, I was like, I don't even know if I want to share it, <laughs> but let me tell the truth and shame the devil. I won't say what church it is, because that's just no. So I went to preach somewhere and yeah. my friends were like, Oh, you can't go by yourself, because i to travel with someone. I was like, yeah. oh, it's long. Let me just do this thing by myself. I don't believe in my armor-bearer like, hype, do you yeah. know what I mean? So I was like, no, I've got me, I've got me. So I went to this church, and I was sitting down, and they were about to call me, but I said, "Oh, can you delay it? I need to just use the bathroom real quick, yeah? So I went to the bathroom, yeah. I needed to bust a number two, I'm not gonna lie. I'm married now, so I don't really care what anyone thinks of me. <laughs> okay, it's just my truth. And I up, it was hurting, yeah? So I was in there for long, and I was like, no, nah, Lord, please, like, let the river flow, because I need to go in. and preach. People are waiting for me. Cool. As I'm trying to get out of the bathroom, yeah. the lock on the door came off. No. Yes. And the service is happening downstairs. I'm on the second floor. So I'm gonna shout for help and look like a fool. And then they come in and smell it. Uh, or I have to get out by myself. It's tricky. And I'm wearing a dress and shoes.
0: Oh, yeah, tricky, it's tricky, yeah. Yeah, it's
1: the old school churches. <laughs> so I decided I have, to, I have to jump. So I took off my shoes, I threw it over. I had to jump on the toilet. And then from the toilet, I jumped onto like the windowsill where there was like a window at the top. Jumped from there to the second bar for the next toilet. And then jumped down. I had dust everywhere and I've got OCD, I was panicking. So I had to like dust myself off and then go out there and preach that nothing didn't happen. All for the name of not being shamed for what I did in there.
0: <laughs> so, babe, so no one... No, when you got out there, did anyone know that this had happened or were you just like...
1: No, I had to... Bro. Do you know what, Biggie? I don't do shame very well, you know? I don't, I don't do shame very well. There's different types of shame, but that one, no, no, no. That's a deeper one. That was a deeper one, bro. <laughs> so...
0: Why and when did you become a Christian?
1: Okay, so why I became a Christian was I was kind of living a risque kind of life. I was on the road okay. and I got into a situation where someone wanted to take my life, basically. Wow. And in that moment, I just felt like the one person I knew I could turn to was God because I was raised in a Christian home. Got so I said to God, I don't know if you're real or not, but if you get me out of this situation, I'll roll, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. But if you don't, then I'll die or I'll just go back to road. And literally i gave my life in my room that night and then i had a conversation with the person i had problems with we sorted it out we're cool to this day shout out well done. and um yeah started serving god from there wow yeah just like that just like that no cool. so how because
0: obviously you did not you although you grew, in a, grew up in a christian home. you you just you, you said you were praying just to kind of like if you're real Come through for me at this point in time. So, what kind of gave you that faith to to do that? To
1: do that. So, basically, my father was shot when I was a child, okay. and he was shot in Ghana. Yeah. So that was the whole reason I came to the UK because my brother, my, my brother, my dad needed to start a new life in this country and um, to get away from the violence that he'd suffered under the hands of his own kind of family. Yeah. So, seeing what God had done in my dad's life, seeing him lose everything, seeing that he'd been shot, seeing that his family turned against him, and seeing him rise. Yeah. I thought, there must be a force behind you, mm. but I just don't want to, like, not live without sin. I don't want to bow my life to nothing. I just mm. want to do what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, well, the God that helped my dad should be able to help me. So wow. that made me pray and ask God, and he did. So, yeah.
0: Wow. So what was, considering you were, you were, I'm guessing you were young at that point in time, what was young Esther like then, prior to Christianity and then... How is
1: it different to how you are now? I was interesting as a person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was feisty. Really? I was very, very feisty, very rude, quick to snap back, not having it. Always running out of class. Always excluded from school. But I was fun to be around. Like, I was, <laughs> was like the party. I was the class clown. Um, I was always ambitious. That's one thing I've always kept. Um, and I think it was my dad's influence because of his ambition, his yeah, drive in yeah. life it kind of instilled a principle in me that I could never settle in life. So I was always ambitious. Sometimes ambitious in the wrong things, right, yeah. but still. Ambitious. Amb- <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And I was very angry as a young person. Okay. Like I was a very, very angry person. So, yeah. yeah. But what was you angry at? I
0: don't know if you want to, but what, what was the, did you know what kind of stemmed that anger? Or was it just like?
1: Yeah, like I was angry at life. I felt like okay. I'd started in the gutters. Like obviously I didn't, no one in my friendship circle had a dad that was shot. Quite, yeah. And I had a brother that passed away as well from sickle cell anemia when I was really young as well yeah. and I just witnessed a lot of people committing suicide, just so many things that had happened in my life and mm. I just thought, can I catch a breath, can I catch a break and I also had health challenges when I was young as well so yeah. if all that compounded, I was just like, I don't care who you are, don't get in my way.
0: So that's what led you to being how you was on the road?
1: you know what? I didn't actually want to go on road like to do anything. Because I know to... my road friends are like, yes, you're not about that life, I wasn't about that life, you know. <laughs> I'm the one that's like, I'll run my mouth. Got ya. But please don't punch me, in my face. Like, please, it's gonna hurt. Like, please don't. So I was never like about it like that. It's but you
0: had enough games where I could I can talk a great game. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But... Don't know, we don't need to fight. <laughs> I don't wanna get hurt. But I would always like chill with the them. I was the only Not girl yeah. amongst the Mandem mm. as well. So the Mandem always rated me because I could play football. I was really sick at football. Shout out, all the Mandem on the block. Um, and I was really good at PlayStation oh, so and stuff b- like that. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. So you you winning anyway. So how did you take that ambitious, as you said, loud, feisty Esther from there to then moving that Esther into like a, a church setting? What was, how did that transition become? Which is still quite ambitious as well, like when you got into church, like, if I'm going to be like this on the roads, I'm going to be like this in
1: church. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I was more ambitious as a Christian because my energy was put to something that I knew bettered more than just myself, it bettered other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was not having it. When I got saved, I didn't go to church, I wasn't on the church thing. Oh, you said only... No, no, no. I just started my own church what? in my in my college. Oh Shout out John Ruskin. Yeah, just started our own thing. Um, and we had a Christian union group of us and yeah. then that thing grew and then it got handed over to me. Yeah. And I continued, I'd evangelise to anyone. Peckham wow. boys, I don't care what gang you're in, I'm gonna chat it out. If you're yeah. gonna kill me, boy I'm gonna die like Jesus, isn't it? <laughs> that's how I saw that's how I rationalised I like it. Yeah, I went hard for God on the road wherever I went I just went hard for God that's so
0: you started your own church essentially and then you kind of when you did hit the kind of the church setting would you just like okay I've done this here so I'm in this thing so what what can I do to kind of do more
1: I never wanted to go to church my friends kind of tricked me in a sense they said oh they named a church and it sounded like a rave (laughs) Because it it weren't like the tabernacle of Jesus, do you know what I mean? If you know what church I'm from, you know it sounds like a rave, yeah? (laughs) And everyone went shopping at Selfridges to go to this church, yeah? So obviously I went, we went all Dolce & Gabbana out. I was Uh, like, okay, well, I don't know what it is, it's a Christian thing, but it sounds like a party sort of thing. So when I got there, it was an actual church, and I was like, oh, this church is cool, kind of thing. First service, I hated it, I said, I ain't coming back. But then there was, like, nice boys there. (laughs) I'm <laughs> truly shame the devil. Woo. There was nice boys there, so I was like, oh, let me just go and check it out again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me know why. So I went back again and then there was like, the youth pastors were preaching mm. and I was like, I've never heard anyone preach like that in my life. Like they were preaching in my language that I could oh. understand. So I was like, oh, I, li- I really like this. And then from that day, I was like, yep, I'm staying here.
0: That's crazy. So what advice would you give to young Esther? Now that he, you are now, what advice would you say to young Esther who's just coming up wanting to be a Christian, what what advice would you give to her?
1: Oh, so much. So much advice. I'd say take it easy with church. Church is not your life. Oh. Don't spend your days and nights grilling over a church building. Mm. Focus on the things that you want to do outside of church. Mm. That Don't drop your friends and family because of the call of God. No. That, that message is a in the pit of hell. Like, the way that you harness relationships actually sh- states how mature you are in Christ, Mm. the way you're able to navigate the people that get on your nerves and the people that don't get on your nerves. Um, I'd say to her, you're going to travel the world, so, like, learn the map so that when people name certain countries (laughs) you know what they're talking about, because geography was not my thing. I dropped out in, like, year seven. Um, Yeah, I was too naughty. So, yeah, learn the map um, and relax in who you are. Like, Mm. stop allowing people to form an identity of who you are and form that identity in what God has said you are. That's what I'd say to her.
0: Did you feel the pressures of people forming identity, especially when you, like, when you found your calling of becoming a preacher and stuff like that? Mm. Did you feel like people's pressures were now put on you, especially at quite a young age? Do you feel that? Definitely. So what did you do to kind of, how did you manoeuvre through that? Because obviously you were young at this point mm. when you kind of became a preacher or mm. knew your knew you calling, which we'll get onto in a bit how did you kind of deal with those pressures?
1: I think at the time, I just trusted people that were older, thinking, oh, they're just going to steer me in the right way. Yeah. But then, as, I, as you said earlier, I love the Bible. I love reading it. So when I started to see how some preachers and pastors and leaders carried on, and then I looked at scripture in terms of, like how actually you lay your life down for the sheep. The sheep mm. shouldn't be laying their life down for you because you can preach, do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of transforms the way that I saw things. So before I had armor bearers and I wore suits and I had the biggest Bible, you know, and I highlighted things that I didn't read, but I just wanted people <laughs> to see the highlighter pens. See the different colours, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For them to think, wow, this girl's really studying, do you get what I mean? Sort of thing. These times I like audio your Bible, but anyway. <laughs> That's what I was doing, and I was trying to be deep. I was trying mm. to be, you know, oh, I see in the spirit all the time, wow. and I just had to drop that. I said, no, nah, this is just not what God has called me for. Mm. So, like something radicalized my Christianity in 2009, okay. where I realized that I can't serve in a church or I can't serve a gospel that talks more to the devil than it talks about God. Wow. Yeah. Why am I fighting the devil every minute when the Bible says it's finished? Talk to them. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of, like, got me thinking, I need to get out of the matrix of religion Mm. because if the devil's so powerful and Jesus couldn't finish it on the cross, I can't fight him because he was here before me. Do you get what I mean? And also, it's like ministry becomes, like, an industry in itself where everyone wants to succeed, people will stab you in the back, people want to take your preaching gigs and all of that. And I just thought, I don't get it. Like, I thought we signed up to lay our lives down for Christ and to love people and to serve wherever we can serve. Yes, that So, yeah.
0: I thought this whole preaching gigs, people taking preaching gigs was not real. Because obviously, I'm not a preacher like that. Mm. So I'm just seeing a preacher on on, on X lines, and, and I'm thinking, okay, cool. But when you hear people who I know are preachers, and just like, yeah, I'm being bad mouthed here. They ain't even heard me preach. Because this person said this and this person said that. And you're just like, but you ain't even... Yeah, even, even don't, They don't even know you. You ain't even done nothing. All you've done is tried to preach the gospel. Mm. But why are people who are supposed to be Christians mm. giving bad-mouthing you more than
1: people who are not Christians? It don't really... I call them gospel gangsters. <laughs> it's road, isn't it? <laughs> it is road. You're like, I own this patch, and if you try and step into my patch, I'm going to make sure that you get done. But that's, that's crazy, though. It is, but it's, it's normal. I think maybe I'm desensitised because that's just what it is. Like, I've got friends that are damaged from church, will never come back to church, will come back to Christianity, hopefully, but never come back to the institution of church because pastors will call people and say all kinds of things about them yeah. to shut doors and opportunities for them. But if you're bad, pick up the phone and call the person. If not, stop talking.
0: This is kind of a good way to segue to move on to talk about the runaway. Tell us a bit more about that, and what you're trying to achieve with that. Because you, you talked about people being hurt by church and people not coming back to church, but essentially coming back to God. So, tell us a bit more about the runaway.
1: Okay, so the runaway started by accident. So it was it wasn't like some vision I had for like you didn't a see year it? or anything. No. no, it was nothing <laughs> like that at all. So I was studying Jonah at the time. Okay. And like I felt like the Holy Spirit kind of put it on my heart. Like I want you to do a live, mm. and just talk to those that are running away from God and run away from purpose. Mm. So it started out with just like my first video, which was just about me talking about Jonah and me running away. Because I think people think because I'm so bold or because I, I live this kind of risqué life, that I'm just perfect yeah. and I'm not. There's mm. things that God has asked me to do that I run away from because mm. I just don't like politics, if you know me. That's just, <laughs> just one thing I don't <laughs> do. Just say what you mean, me, what you say, or don't talk at all, that's, that's just me, kind of thing. And that's the facts. You know, and so... And um, with that being said, I started that and then it just led into like all these questions that I had had for God, that God had answered for me. So like, for, ex- for example, like, if God is good, why does he allow evil and suffering? Mm. And then I went down my apologetics route and I did yeah, study. Yeah. But I wanted to also speak about that because a lot of millennials and Gen Z are running away from church because they're like, how can God be good? But then look at all the evil that's around us. Or, you know, Christianity is a white man's religion, you know, mm. they brought it over through slavery. It's not true. So I just went on this philosophical journey where I became a bit of an academic because mm. of the fact that I wasn't an academic before. Manly only got one DCC, you know. But anyway, I'm in uni now, but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cheers! Yeah, where well, I just went on a, a reading spill. I, yeah. I wanted to understand philosophy. I wanted to understand every single religion, every single question that could possibly come to a Christian mm. and be able to answer it for myself and then use the platform of The Runaway to get that message to educate people mm. about things that we believe as truth but they're actually lies. Or they don't logically fit in an ethical or philosophical framework that makes sense. So, Mm. yeah.
0: So what, do you have any kind of goals or anything that you want to achieve with it? Or is it just like following, being obedient to God and just continue to do what you do? Now I have
1: a vision. Okay. Yeah. So I've come off social media and I've just been building a vision behind the scenes in terms of how I want to build like a community of people Mm. that think, Christians do not think, Wow. Christians good. are the worst thinkers. It's like, you say to a Christian, okay, well, if God is good, why does he allow evil? Well, you know, you just have to have faith. I don't know why I put the Jamaican accent. Please forgive me. I'm not Jammu, I'm so authentically God. Authentically. Forgive me. Okay. Born there.
0: <laughs> Where did the accent come from?
1: We do not know. Please forgive me. So like, yeah, like they can't answer that basic question Mm. or if it's like, okay, why Christian above Islam or any other Christian or any other like faith, they can't answer it. Mm. It's just fickle questions or they're sowing seeds of a thousand pounds because one man on a stage said, bring your money, but you ain't got no budget for your financial plan for the year. Like we do not think Mm. So for me, I want to use The Runaway to actually bring a case for God intellectually mm. backed up by spirituality, not just this case where we've got these weird Christians that are so spiritual, can speak in tongues, mm. but they lack common wisdom. They can't answer simple questions about their faith that mm. they profess to believe in. They don't know the Bible very well, but other people of, this, of other faiths no know the Bible. book better. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a platform to challenge that, kind of, let my people think, as mm. Rabbi Zacharias used to say.
0: And the thing is, what you're not doing, and tell me if I'm wrong, um, you're not challenging people to say you're doing this wrong. What you're challenging people to say is we can be better. 100%. But what can, tends to happen when we challenge people to do better mm. is they take it as we're challenging you because you're not there yet. Mm. So they're just like, oh, you know what, I can't get to that level. Mm. So they just stop. Or they're just like, you know what, you're attacking me. And all you're really trying to do is just. I want you to do better Mm. i want you to be better so what we're giving to god is better Mm. because if you used to go to work and you're getting paid to do all these kind of things you'd you'd learn every manual you'd learn Mm -hmm. everything you'd understand how the systems work and all these types of things but when it comes to god you just don't know your bible or you don't you want to you want to be on a certain level and be like oh because i've got to this level for how many years Mm. i don't need to develop certain areas of my life of christianity Mm. which is scary but I think you're expertly placed to deal with that. Just because of how you talk to the masses, you, you, you have an amazing ability to speak to people of all ranges. Mm. And I think we cannot, I cannot, you cannot underestimate that ability, because not everyone has that. Mm. So I'm proud of you saying this live I'm proud of you and I'm, I think it's amazing what you're doing and what you've already been doing, but I think it's amazing that with this kind of thing, people are lost
1: mm-hmm. and people
0: need something like this because church to them, to those people is so far away mm-hmm. in terms of going into physically or even Zoom, where we are <laughs> now. Yeah. So I just wanna say I'm, I'm excited for what's, what this chapter is gonna bring for you from the runaway and I think it's just gonna be an amazing overturn of people but souls, mm-hmm not just people as in number. So when you see the numbers ain't what you expected them to be or what you thought, okay, God, you've given me this and I've got a vision and X, Y, and Z, don't be deterred because the the souls are still going to be turned to God. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. I don't even know why I'm speaking like this on this thing. It's good, it's good. But I'm just letting you know, that's how I feel. Um, Let's just get back into this. So what was, do you feel has been your hardest trait to turn since becoming a
1: Christian, when you say trait, do you mean like behavior? Do you mean mindset? Trait. Okay, do you mean like a negative trait that I've yeah. had to turn into a positive trait? What? Where are you going? Do you know what it is? Where are you going? I, it, <laughs> language <laughs> is synon- it's like a I synonymous, and I don't. I want to answer your question mm-hmm. specifically. So, a lot of times Christians say, like, "What's the What's the behavior trait that yeah. you had to wrestle with to change?" Yeah. And I'm like. It goes deeper than the behaviour trait, because mm, that behaviour okay. is linked to a mindset. Yeah. So that mindset has a lot of different behaviours, but I can pick one behaviour and talk about it if Let's you want. Let's talk about the mindset. Okay.
0: Because obviously when I'm thinking trait, I'm thinking something that had you stuck, and obviously the behaviour, not to go too deep, but the behaviour trait of, of certain things always comes from a deeper mm. root, which essentially, as you're saying, is the mindset. So let's go mindset. So what was the mindset trait? Because obviously we could talk about behaviours, but it's always gonna come back to a deeper thing. What was a mindset trait that you had to fight against and change the most since becoming a Christian?
1: My life was a curse. That's the hardest thing ever. And that leads into so many damaging behaviours that I took on, but the depth of my subconscious mind was telling me, your life is a curse. Everyone else has got a happy life. You don't, because look at your, life, your suffering. Look at everyone. Dying around you, your dad's gone, this person's gone, you're sick, this, that and the third. So I thought, what's the point? That's why I was so destructive. Mm. So when I became a Christian, that was my wrestle with God, where God was like, your life's on purpose. I'm like, nah, God, just use me. I'm used to being used. I've been used as a child. I've gone through sexual abuse. I've been used my whole life. So just use me. I was used on the roads. I know how to do that. I don't know how to do royalty. I don't know how to be a daughter. I don't know how to be valuable, but use me. So I thought I was sick in ministry. Give me any ministry. And I'll bang, why? Because I'm I'm good at being used, Mm. give me instructions. I'll take your vision to the next level because I'm good at being used. Mm. And that's where I think a lot of unwell preachers slip through the net in ministry is because Mm. they're good at doing stuff. But where that's coming from is an unhealthy mindset. Mm. So God had to really break that and say, hey, I don't need you, I don't need to use you. If you never preach again, we're good.
0: Wow. But that's a heavy burden to take on to to feel like my life is a that's heavy that is. Mm-hmm. And you and the scariest thing is that you carried it, which is not all normal, but carried it into ministry.
1: hmm Because I was gifted. Mm. I can if I wasn't preaching Jesus and I had to preach about my Jordans, I'd preach it well. People would buy the Jordans. I have a natural gift to articulate myself well. I'm a wordsmith, I'm a reader, so I know how to blend words together yeah. to even make what I want to say colourful and flavoursome to a, a diverse audience. Mm. And because of that, people thought, girl's anointed, let's use her. But behind the scenes of that, I was addicted to pornography. Wow. I, have, I was battling suicidal thoughts. I was all over the place in my personal life, but my ministry life looked good because I am gifted And that's the part where God was like, I want that part of you. I want the nasty parts of you because it's that part of you that needs to change. That mindset that you think is a curse that needs to change. Mm. And so for me, I gave up ministry. I stopped preaching for like a year and me and God went on a journey where he had to teach me, you're a daughter. If you never preach again, don't save a soul, we're good. And I've never been in a relationship like that where I don't have to do nothing for you.
0: Mm. Wow. so wow so what do you feel one of the and this should just be your personal opinion do you feel like one of the reasons why this generation our generation the younger generation millennials what am i asking now cause you know what it was listen to like i've listened to you preach before and i've listened to you, like we've had conversation before But in this kind of setting, to hear, and this is the whole point of why I do conversation with H, is the way you're talking is breaking down others who are watching thinking they feel the same. So my question essentially is, and now we're back on track, what do you feel we struggle with as millennials the most in being consistent and constant with our relationship with God? in your personal opinion?
1: Millennials just like a title for people that are born in a specific generation. So I think there's so many different diverse pockets of millennials in terms of the Christian belief. I think a lot of millennials have left the church because it doesn't answer basic questions Mm. like, what's going on with gender in society? What's the church's response? Racism, what's the church's response? Um, Poverty, homelessness, what's the church's response? Mm. The church doesn't respond, it just keeps ticking over, having services, Mm. scream, shout, jump, sing. But there's a world out there that's dying and and we don't engage culture. So for a lot of millennials, it's like, well, I don't need this because I can just join an activist group and we will see actual change. I don't need a God that is just into shouting and jumping and giving offerings. Mm. I need a God that actually goes into the dark places and actually brings light. So I think there's that kind of cohort of millennials. And you've got the church-hurt millennials that have done church with all their chest, all their heart, all their soul it just been used and spat out whether they, they fell through sin or their gift got kind of dry, maybe, or whatever happens in church, they fell out with a pastor, whatever it might be. Mm. They're like, I'm never coming back again. Then you've got those I call them the hanger oners, those that still go to church, that's still there. You it's know, just them, them, them out. too. It's you know, them, shout, too. Shout out, <laughs> shout out all you man in there, like, pray for us. Um, <laughs> hango runners that are still going I want to bring change and want to speak to their pastors to bring change and so forth mm. and i guess their kind of motivation is the fact that they believe change can happen and then you've got the the, the people that's just habitual like going to church it's just a habit mm. it's not a lifeline there's nothing else to do on sunday do you get what i mean so you just go to church but i think the greatest issue with the millennials is that christianity in, in one pocket of like, Christianity is huge, there's so many denominations, yeah, yeah. but for our denominations, some of our leaders cannot answer basic questions, mm. but they preach good.
0: Wow, and then you have those people who go to church, hang on there every word, and then don't read their Bible when they go home.
1: I don't, I, 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 I don't understand.
0: And it's just like, how are we going to progress? But I,
1: don't you think it's colonial? Don't you think slavery's got a lot to do with the way our churches are set up?
0: A thousand percent. I definitely feel that people are so used to, I go to church, I sit down, the preacher gives me the word I need for the week. Mm. Then I come back to church next Sunday and get whoever is preaching again and they give me the word that I need for the week. Mm. So I will hang on that word for this whole week. Don't need my Bible. Why? Because he's given me or she's given me everything I should be able to grasp for that week. Mm. That's how a lot of people live their Christian life, that I've seen. Mm -hmm. With the Bible being right here. So you don't fact check, you don't say, okay, did they say what they said was right? Do I know if they said what they said was right? How they treated that person who got pregnant outside of wedlock? Was that right? Is that biblical? Mm. Or. If that was my daughter or my son, would I be happy with that same treatment?
1: Say it louder for the people at the back.
0: But there's no checking. And there's an, we're becoming an older generation. The generations are becoming older, with less education
1: mm-hmm.
0: outside of what they know to preach. Mm. But because they've been preaching for so long and certain names hold weight,
1: Mm.
0: People are like, oh, but that's that person. So they must preach good. When I went to the, to the conference in 1999, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, but that person was amazing at preaching. Mm. And this is where, and this is why I'm so super duper gassed about the runaway, is because it's gonna help unlock and untie some of those things. Mm where certain people's salvation depends on what the preacher preached that Sunday, Mm. because of how they treat their Christianity to themselves. Mm. They don't pick up Bible, they don't do this, they don't do research, they don't look at history, they don't, there's none of that. Because your Sunday essentially is your Christian life. But is your pastor theologically trained? Exactly. And this is what I'm saying. Some people don't know. Some people have been going to church 5, 10, 20 years, never questioned it. But because Auntie Betsy and mm, God <laughs> Uncle Timothy go to this church, mm. it's been a nice church to go to. I grew up in children's church. So, what they're preaching in children's church should be what they're pre- oh, they preach. Are they CRB checked? It's little things, it's little things that in a work environment are the standard. Mm. Your manager would need to know these things. Mm. If you're going to manage a certain people, you need to know certain things. That's not always the case in church. You don't need to know. You can get to a certain position and not need to know certain things.
1: But preachers have created that. It's the faith message. And there's nothing wrong with faith in itself. Mm. But you have to study. You have to study to show yourself approved. And two, it's like, how, are you gonna, how am I going to sit down and listen to you talk to me about Liverpool and you ain't read nothing? Do you understand what I'm saying? You're like, yeah, you know, Liverpool's a good team. Why? They won a cup. Okay. (laughs) But why? Do you know what I mean? I don't know why we leave our thinking caps behind when it comes to Christianity, but it's so dangerous, especially in a time when knowledge Mm. is just being spewed out. If you don't have the basic kind of beeline of this is what truth is, you'll go into the prosperity doctrine, eating grass doctrine, sowing weave doctrine, whatever doctrine there is in the name of faith. Yeah. So,
0: So how did you know? that you were called to preach. How did you know that? What was, what actually happened? The reason why I ask it like that is because certain people don't know. Is this my calling? Do I know if this is what I'm meant to do? So I'm asking you as someone who knows that what they were called to do, what happened in that space and that time?
1: Can I be brutally honest? 100%. I didn't know that I was called to preach. I just had a desire. I used to listen to DMX. Hold on the Rough Riders album, (laughs) on my way to college, yeah. (laughs) Flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood, don't go listen to it. But yeah, I used to listen to that. And I used to daydream about preaching on stages internationally.
0: What? Hold on, these maths. Is two plus two equals seven? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Literally, that was it.
0: You listened to DMX? Yeah. And that was what made you daydream about preaching? Yeah these maths
1: yeah it were not the lyrics it's just the beat it just got me gas and I, on, I love dmx yeah. but what i'm trying to say is that i just used to have like a picture of just wanting to preach to the masses so that they would just know him just know jesus because imagine living your life thinking your life is a curse right mm. and now you've come into christianity and you're trying to like let go of this belief system and you're fighting you're thinking I need to let the other people know that our lives are not curses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mindset shift. It takes time, mm. but it's a truth nonetheless. You get what I mean? So it was a desire, and God honored my desire.
0: Wow. So did people pray and, and speak to you in terms of saying, oh, you're called to do this, da, 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 or was it like you just. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm not a pastor. I'm not no famous pastor's kid, so I wouldn't get that kind of treatment. Oh, wow. No, I was just the nobody in the church that always listened to Dmx on the way to church. <laughs> <laughs> Daydream about you? Oh, so
0: there's Lecrae, there's
1: Marvin Seth. I didn't like gospel music when I first got saved. Think about it, you can't go from garage, what Rough Riders to We Lift Our Hands yeah, in the. Yeah, it's, it's not. I wasn't brought up on that. Wasn't on that. I wasn't brought up on that yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
0: is wild. it was hard. So no one was like Esther. You
1: are, no one prophesied? No, I was in, a, I was in church, my youth leader said we we're gonna make you preach at our youth conference. I'm like, Scare! this DMX this did like daydreaming. It's time, you like, it's time. <laughs> and then I preached at that youth conference and then doors opened and I never knew where it would take me today. And then people started prophesying. Oh, let's try prophesy after. Try give it after, you know the after, after blessing. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> think God is gonna use you as a preacher. And this like, time, but yeah, you know yeah, that I preach. Yeah,
0: I'll be here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: doing it. That is, that is, that is. I don't believe in that doctrine. I don't believe that every human being must work out their calling. Mm. I, I don't believe it's so binary for everyone. If you look through the Bible, people found what they were called to do in various, ways. diverse yeah, ways. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: But I would say the greatest calling mm. is to be a son and daughter. To learn what it is to be a son and daughter. No matter what arena you're called into, mm. you're bang.
0: So, was there ever a time where you felt like, now you're in this Christian journey and you are walking it and you're like, ah, yes, get me. Mm-hmm. Me and Jesus just down the road, <laughs> side by side. just hey. But was there ever a time where you felt like, I may not overcome this, this, whatever that situation was. Mm. Was there a time when you felt like I may not overcome this? And how did you actually overcome that situation?
1: Yeah, I think not too long ago, I think you knew about it, I went through homelessness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Through a dispute that was going on that I chose to walk away from everything. And I thought, how am I going to come from homelessness back? to abundant life. Mm. I just thought, no, I was sleeping on people's sofas. Shout out all those people that let me sleep on their sofas. Um, I was moving from house to house. I didn't even have a job at the time. i just finished a contract. Um, I didn't have any kind of support system in that sense. Um, and I thought, God, I don't know how I'm gonna come out of this. And I kept serving him. I kept preaching. No one would ever know that I preach on the stage, you take me to a nice restaurant, shout out to the pastors, there. It's a nice restaurant, I eat nice food, but I'm going back to sleep on my bedroom sofa. But, I just continue to trust God, mm. and I continue to silence the lies of defeat and failure, and I can't even tell you where I live, like, it's, like, people that come to my house, like, bring your swimming seat, that's what I'm saying. What? Yeah, 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 God is good.
0: Summer, summer, summer time. <laughs> <laughs> but, and that's an amazing transition mm. to, to get to where you are. But then, you go from Esther the preacher at the youth conference, to Esther's been flown out to preach in these different countries. How
1: did that... Did you always see that happening? Can I be brutally honest? I dreamt it, like in terms of my DMX thing. Yeah. But I didn't believe things like that happen to people like me. Because oh. I'm from the gutter of life. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I ain't got no dad or uncle that's going to open a door for me. Mm. Any door that opens it has to be opened by my father in heaven. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I just stayed faithful, like what I was doing. I bit like, let, let me tell you this I believed the message. Mm. It's not an occupation, preaching not an occupation for me. Mm. Like, where I've come from, <laughs> I believe the message. And if, and people know, I don't even charge when I preach. Mm. People are like by now, Esther, you should be banging a gram, banging two grams when you're preaching and so forth. People that I started out with that are like mashing peas, they're like preaching and they're like charging 10 bags. That's 10,000 pounds, by the way. 10,000 pounds for conferences and so forth. But it's not, preaching is not the modus of fame or popularity. I had that in the world. I had that on the road. I don't need it in the church. Mm. So when I do what I do, I do it from here. So the first plane that I got on to go away and preach, I was like, this nation, they need to know Jesus. Like, there's no way that I'm getting on a plane and going there and not knowing Jesus. I don't care about the five-star hotel. Put me in a two-star. I pray all the time there because I'm OCD. (laughs) I told you, I'm OCD. (laughs) I like things clean. I do struggle with that, okay? But... I believe the message mm. do you know what i mean mm. so even when i go and preach in prisons all male prisons like i don't approach that any different from when i go and preach in a nice church where i'm suited and booted because i believe the message and i don't know who i'm speaking to mm. that god's going to use to mash things up i may just be the catalyst of the next billy graham do you know what i mean so i don't take that opportunity lightly but this generation of some preachers it's it's a it's an industry. Do you know what I mean? I know how to mash peace. I know how to make money. I know business. I know everything. I don't need preaching to be successful. I don't need preaching to be popular. I know people. I do it because I believe it and I would die doing it. So I can be homeless and I will still do it with all my heart because mm. I believe the message.
0: Nah. That's... I love that. I love that. The first time I actually met you, I don't know if you remember, it was in Germany. Mm. That's the first time I actually yeah. met you. She was like 2016. And I was DJing for Faith Child at this point. And then I was like, we went to this church and the church was like, oh yeah, we got this 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 young preacher from from the UK. Esteban Su. did like a like, okay, I've never heard of this person in my life. So we me and Faith was downstairs, we had finished doing what we were doing. And we're hearing you preach, you know. And Faith will testify to this. We're hearing you preach and we're like, we're going to have to go upstairs. But well, we're tired because obviously we've just done whatever we're doing, 45 minutes set, whatever it was. And we was just like, nah, we're hearing us the preach we're just like, okay, nah, we're going to have to go upstairs. So we, I don't know if you remember how the church was set up, but the stairs was where the stage was, mm-hmm. and, the back mm-hmm. of the, and the back of the stage. We were sitting at the top of the stairs. You couldn't see us, but we were sitting at the top of the stairs Hearing you preach, and we were just like, we're in a whole different country with a whole different language, and I'm seeing Faith Child's music translate to these people from English, who are their main language is German. Mm. Then I'm seeing Esther Bonsu <laughs> English-speaking message translate. Choose here the translator, but translate <laughs> to these people. Mm. The message doesn't lose its power just because it's translated from English to German. Mm. Come on. So we just sat there and we were just like, this one is amazing. But you knew Faith. I mm-hmm. didn't know you. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so I said to you, Yo, if you have any DJ, I remember that day. I remember that day. I'm So I was like, if you ever need a DJ, yo, I'm just starting up with DJ H. And look at us now. Look at God. We have Esther right here and Esther is now newly married. So what was that like? You got married in a global, during a global pandemic. Hmm. What was the hardest thing about the wedding process? due to global pandemic
1: everything is hard (laughs) (laughs) because the rules keep changing you can have 30 you can have six you can't have receptions you can't have it was like then all our venues gave our money back to us which we had booked already like everything was like ordered Mm. and they were like here's your money back here's your money back we're like what the heck going on so in the end i was like wait let's strip this back why are we actually getting married Oh, yeah, covenants of God, will it? <laughs> Forget the nice venue, the car that was meant to come, and all of that, let's strip it back. Why are we meant to be getting married? And who do we want around us when we're getting married? Mm. And then, obviously, the kind of rules was like 30 people in person. And it was just... <laughs> yeah, it tested my character, because yeah. I'm a planned, organised person, so mm. if things kept shifting. But I think it brought me and my husband closer together.
0: Husband, you see the <laughs> husband, you see, you see, I go back a little bit to husband, just comfortable decisions, see just husband.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm gassed. It. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I was get, I was get married. So that's why I'm just like, oh, I got a husband. So yeah, like it brought us closer together because we just learn, no matter what in life, so long as we've got each other, we're cool. Yeah. If we get married and all we have is cocoa bread and patty. right.
0: So what's the thing that you love most about being married? Mm. And what's the, the biggest thing you've learned about yourself in the marriage process? It's true to say it's early, mm. it's, fresh. It's, very fresh. Me, like, <laughs> it's fresh. You get me like bun, it's fresh. You get me look of butter on it. So it's fresh. <laughs>
1: so can, can you just say that again? Butter on it. Butter on it.
0: Hold on, no, no. I'll try it. <laughs> don't don't
1: shame <shimmy> me now, don't <laughs> me.
0: <shimmy. laughs> so yeah, so what's the, <laughs> what's the thing you love most about being married? Let's start with that and then we'll go on to What's the thing you've learned most about yourself? Just go from the wedding process to being married as well.
1: Number one thing I love about being married is my husband. Cheers! Literally, and I'm not gassing because you know me, I'll just chat it out if it won't be good. So, um, he, like, his love for me mm. makes me believe that much more in love. Like, he, I tell him all the time, like, I don't want to get in Welsh because I was doing bad, get out here. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, he has taught me what Christ's love looks like in real life. Mm. And that's not an occasion when he's cooking dinner or when he's trying to do something nice. That's every single day. Even mm. in uh, disagreements, he just shows me God's grace. and so I'm just like, boy, who is, mm. who is this guy? So that's what I love about marriage is my husband. If it wasn't my husband, I wouldn't want marriage. Mm. No, I wasn't looking to be married, bro. Why
0: was you not looking to be married, though?
1: it slows you down, that's how I see it. Because you got to consider someone else. Mm. I can travel when I like, I spend my money how I like, I wake up when I like, I eat what I want to eat, do you get what I mean, sort of thing. Um, and also, I just didn't rate Christian marriage. I'm so sorry if your marriage is banging, I just haven't seen it in my, in my sphere. Mm. So there was no marriage that I looked at and thought, oh, I can't wait to get married, it's gonna be sick, yeah. apart from the sex part. I just thought, it's true, I just thought, I can't wait to get married to have sex. But other than that, it just seems like a a burden sort Mm. of thing. And also I've seen a lot of preachers' marriages that haven't been great examples. You know, people marry each other for ministry. If I never preach again, I want you to love me. If I never, even if I renounce Christ tomorrow, Mm. that's not grounds for divorce. You still got to love me. Mm. So love me for who I am not just for what I do and yeah. just my beliefs, if that makes sense. So he encompasses all of that. So I love marriage because of my husband. What's the thing you've
0: learnt most about yourself?
1: Ooh, too many things I've learnt about myself. I'm a good wife. I never thought I would be a good wife. Cause when I hear them preach Proverbs 31, mm. I'm like, so I must do work so he can get praised in the gate, but no one don't want to praise me. Like, come on, like, the, the problem is fake. One thing is out of context, by yeah. the way, please go and get theological training, because that's not the wife that we're all meant to be. But anyway, um, the thing that I've learned is that I'm a good wife. And mm. why I'm a good wife is because I'm the best version of myself. Yes. I just bring myself into the marriage. Um, two, another thing, I've learned about myself. <laughs> I'm crazy. Like So wait, you didn't know this before? No. Oh, I thought probably. you lot was gassing me, but I'm, like, I'm just crazy. <laughs> we was telling the truth. <laughs> like I always wanna play WWF. Like I just I just don't think life is that serious. <laughs> you know what I mean? We but because you. he's more serious than me, I just realised like if you're not well. Like <laughs> why why do you wanna put a sauce it's balance. on your
0: head? It's balance. It's called balance. Yeah, but- the balance.
1: I want to be normal. I want to be like him when <laughs> i was up. I want to be normal. Like I want to have clashes. Mm. Like, we, like, let's do a grind clash. He's like, but you can't rap. I'm just like, it doesn't matter. Let's just, let's just do it. bar for bar, straight. Do you get what I mean? So I think those are the key things that I've learned about myself, is being my authentic self, not mm. being a wife, just being Esther. Yeah. That is someone's wife. Mm. And I'm mad. I'm crazy. Trust me, how mad do you think I am? Times that by a million. Why? My neighbours know.
0: Why, okay. So what's your plans for the next 12 months?
1: Self-development, so I'm in uni. Yes. I'm at Queen's Foundation University, studying theology, ministry, and mission. So I'd better get first, Jesus, please. Yeah, so theological training is like my priority at the moment. Yeah. Two, enjoying my marriage, building Mm. my marriage. That's like my my focus right now. Everyone's like, you need to get back out and preach. I'm like, no, I need to build my house. That's what I need to do. So building my house is another thing. I have got some business stuff coming out. I'll release that soon. Blessings. Um, runaway will be back soon as yes. well. As well. And I've got quite a few there's so much going on. I never knew one little runaway would open so many doors, but I'm gonna be on different shows, I'm gonna be collaborating with different people, um, I'm gonna be doing more in politics. Just watch the space. I've got a lot coming in the next 12 months.
0: See this mom's gas.
1: <laughs> From the roads to the pulpit. Come on.
0: Um, my last question for you is, what encouragement would you give to yourself with where you're at in life now?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Okay, so where I am in life right now, I would say, so I have to close my eyes so I can see myself, yeah. yeah. I would say, Esther, don't be so hard on yourself. Um, be present, live in the present moment. Don't always live in the future and don't always dwell on the past, but like, live in the present state that you are right now. Mm-hmm. Kill your colonial view of Christianity and your colonial view of what it means to be a black woman living in a Western society Mm. and do that intentionally every single day. Um, Laugh more than you already do and also never seek the approval of any person to live your life. Seek the approval of God. Yeah, that's what I'd say to myself.
0: Esther, Bonsu, Lybird thank you very much thank you for this conversation this has been conversation with h with the as you should already know by watching this superb mrs esther bonsu live thank you guys for tuning in and we'll have more for you soon make sure you like comment subscribe my mum told me to do that so i have to do that see you guys see